Here we are for another podcast of the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. And today with us, we have Sari. And Sari's from Chicago. Uh, Sari reached out to us and we connected and had a chat a couple of weeks ago. And so we're very happy to have Sari here today. And just to introduce a little bit about Sari before we get started so that you know a bit about him. Sari, Sari's business is to help high net worth individuals real estate investors, business owners, and retirees grow and protect their wealth predictably and safely. As a financial consultant, health and life agent, Sari has cultivated a reputation for putting his clients first, no matter what. He prides himself on attending all client meetings without exceptions or preconceived ideas to ensure that he is solving his clients' problems. That's the value that Sari offers. So, First of all, thanks very much, Sari, for joining us today. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having a valuable conversation and to learning more about what you guys do. Thank you. Yeah, so I thought the best way to start, um, Sari, if it's um, just to hear a bit about a bit more about yourself, you know, you know where you're from and um, you know, just uh, just a bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. That would be uh, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Uh, so as you mentioned, I am from Chicago, Illinois. I live in the States. Um, I was born and raised here in Chicago. I lived here my whole life. I still do. Um, I live in the city of Chicago um, with my wife, Dina, who's a nurse. Um, we live near, if you guys know where the city of Chicago is, you know, where the Cubs play, that's where we live. Um, it's a fascinating place. We love it. Um, maybe I think an alternative to living in Chicago would be California. I think that's the only place we think that would uh, be Chicago um, from what we've seen so far. Um, and then I run a company called Financial Asset Protection. It's a financial uh, services firm. That's what I do for work. I, I help solve business owners problems um, using financial solutions and, and identifying different financial problems. So Somebody, for example, is in a situation where they don't have enough money to pay certain expenses, I would help them uncover some of those problems. And then vice versa, if somebody has, you know, too much money, not, 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 not knowing what to do with it now or in the future, we can also have solutions for that. So we are problem solvers. That's what we do. Um, and that's what I've been doing now for about 60 years. I think the biggest twist in my, um, in my journey so far has been podcasting. It's been, a, it's been amazing. Um, I'm able to meet people, awesome people like you across the world all done through podcasting. I've done shows with people in South Africa and the UK, um, in Canada, all over the place. And it's definitely took a, a major twist in, um, in the journey as well as in the career. So I appreciate you having me on and, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, definitely spreading the word about what we do about our podcast. We also just started our own podcast called Thinking Like a Bank. And the, the foundation of it is to help people think like a bank by applying the same strategies and principles that they use so that way they can find more financial freedom in, in, in their life. That's kind of our goal. And, and we hope to align that with other uh, visions and other goals. Oh, cool. So you said, so you've been in your own business now for about six years. Is that right, Sari? Yes, correct. So what were you doing before that? And, and how was that transition for you from, 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 um, you know, was it a completely different field you're in before? Yeah. So I, before that I was, um, I graduated college with my bachelor's degree. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and, uh, which is kind of like law in the States, almost like a pre-law program. And I wanted to go to law school to become a criminal defense attorney. 
And um, during that time, I kind of just, I had a just sudden change. I suddenly became super focused on business. I loved accounting and finance and stock market and numbers and money. That's where my passion went. So instead of going to law school, I then made the transition to get my MBA. So I got my master's degree in business administration. I got, a, I did a concentration in project management. I wanted to be a project manager. I wanted to work for a large company in downtown Chicago where I was going to school. And then um, I got a job at an insurance company at Allstate Insurance. And I was working there for uh, a few years and then made the transition from that into healthcare. So I was working in, on the business slash insurance side of the healthcare industry. And I worked with companies like Blue Cross and Humana and Cigna, and I was a Medicare consultant. So my job was pretty much translating what, what Medicare plans meant to retirees, helping them choose the right ones. Um, again, back to problem solving. I guess that's where it all took me. It was just finding the problems out there in the marketplace and then being able to de deliver on those solutions. And then from there, that's what led me into financial uh, services. It actually led me, um, what really led me was one book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. Uh, the book talks about the strategy, the bank on yourself concept, which was invented by Pamela Yellen. And that's what kind of changed my mind in the sense of how money works. And I, and I wanted to kind of tell as many people as possible about this concept and about this book and how it's truly changed my life, um, both in the sense of the consumer, the person using these, these products, and uh, as an advisor um, who operates within these products and within these people. So that's kind of how I came across financial planning and, and why I started the company Financial Asset Protection and what, kind of why we do what we do. Awesome. So how did you take that transition from working for someone else to starting your own business? Like, how did that go? <laughs> yeah, I love that question. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely completely different. It's unexpected. It's unpredictable. Um, even when you plan, it's still unpredictable. And I guess that's kind of the challenge of entrepreneurship is you really don't know. It's not, not only in the sense of not receiving a paycheck every two weeks, but also in the sense of not knowing when you have a new client, not knowing when you will be able to retain a new client, whatever the industry is, especially on a small business service-based level where you're just, it's just you and your laptop and your phone, it can get very difficult. And I guess there was, so and I'm glad you asked this question because there's a lot of tools and techniques that I learned from other entrepreneurs and mentors and coaches that I'm now applying into my life. Like I think number one is you definitely need to have a vision. You need to think of something and not, not necessarily, this is, this is before the business plan. So this is kind of uh, the seeds before the business plan. You need to think in your own mind where you want to go, why you want to do certain things. And you need to be able to answer difficult questions. Like, why is it that you're specifically doing what you are doing now? And you, only you need to be able to answer that to yourself. You need to identify and then even go into further, a couple further wise. Like, why are you in this industry? You know, why this niche? Why this marketplace? Why now? And then be able to identify those. And an interesting thing I learned about this is that we tend to get in life what we think about, what we perceive, we tend to attract. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to think about it. You need to think about becoming a successful entre entrepreneur. You need to expect that, predict that, and, and, and kind of feel that. And then after that, you start doing the logical things. So once you've built the foundation of the emotional platform, the self-esteem, the self-confidence, you believing in yourself, then you can start adding on the logic and the consulting and the systems and the software and everything else after that, all the tangible things after that. And I think people mix those two up. They want to do, they want the blueprints first. Sure. They want the formulas first, the equations first. And I think it's flipped the other way. You need, you need to believe in yourself first before you do anything logical. You need to have the emotional thing down. 
And, and that's kind of what I did. That, that's changed a lot. Obviously, it didn't start off that way. I kind of just learned it along the way. And then and I have, you know, small tools and techniques I can get into if you like. Sorry, say that again. That last bit. I, I have like uh, tools and techniques and methods. I can get into more of those, more of the specifics on those if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. Okay. So, so one of, um, you know, common sense is you manage your time, you manage your money and vice versa. You manage your money, you manage your time. So they tend to kind of go hand in hand and managing time and entrepreneurship is, is essential. You have to be able to manage your time very, very well um, at an expert level. And so I use a calendar for the, obviously just, you know, basic calendar and I schedule I, and I, and I only do for that day, I only do what's on my calendar. So if something, something's off, not on my calendar and I have to do it, I either find time that day to put it into my calendar or or push it off for tomorrow or whatever, depending on the urgency level of it. But I always do what's on my calendar and only on my calendar. And then after that, I do a daily task, a daily checklist of all the tasks I have for that day copied from my calendar. And then this is more of a psychological thing because when I wake up, for example, six o'clock in the morning, obviously I'm very tired. I'm not really in the mood to, you know, talk to people yet. It's still too early. It's still, I'm just still waking up. And when I take out a, you know, a notebook just like this and I write out all my tasks for the day, now what's happening is my brain is working, is waking up. And then I'll write out, for example, like a list of 15 things to do in order from the start to the end of the day. And then I usually write it in a black pen and I have a red pen to check off what I've done, what I've completed. Now what I'm, what's happening is, is I'm creating momentum. I'm like, you know, creating momentum by writing things in black and then crossing it out in red. Um, and then this way, obviously the goal is for the day is to get as many red checks as possible. Now what's happening is I'm creating a system for moving and getting things done in a systematic way where I'm using very little brain effort and very little like brain power. Uh, it's kind of counterintuitive. You know, we, we always talk, we always talk about like sharpening our minds, but at the same time, we want to reduce brain efforts. That way we can just kind of have things flowing in autopilot almost. So that's kind of one of the things I do. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Sari. Um, <laughs> yeah, no but, yeah, nah, so on that, like, um, yeah, so many things you said, they were just so good. Um, but certainly that one about growing yourself first, because you'll never exceed anything greater than mm -hmm. your own, your own, your own self um, esteem. So what, what was the, so how did you transition into that thinking? What helped you the most um, to gather the thinking that you, that you just shared then? Like what was the biggest influence on you? Was it someone um, that mentored you? Was it some books that you've read? Yeah, it was a combination of a lot of things. So one of the one of the things is was the was the deep desire for success. That was one thing is I really wanted to be successful. I still want to be even more successful. I haven't reached by any means. I haven't reached a successful level yet. I want to keep going. So it's that desire, that burning desire to get things that, that you want. That was one. Uh, two, definitely coaches and mentors um, that have that's had a huge impact on my life having people to talk to about your goals and about how you're going to achieve them and how they, and, and, and even people who have done what you've done that are kind of ahead of you. So somebody who's about 20 or 30 years ahead of you, giving you advice that goes a long way. So that's also, and the number three, definitely books. Um, I, I didn't really start reading books. The only books I read were for school purposes only either high school or college purposes only. I never really stepped into books for, for entertainment purposes until after I graduated college with my bachelor's degree. That's when I really started to read for fun almost and for self-education, um, meaning that nobody was grading me on this. It was just me wanting to learn for myself. And, and just for the record, just to put it out there, I think in my opinion, self-education.
education is far more important than traditional education, yeah. meaning that you picking up books on your own, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, all for your own benefit and you grading yourself is far greater than doing it for college or doing it for a professor or doing it for your job. I think self-education is far more important, especially if you're self-employed, you need to be, uh, you need to have a lot of discipline for self-education. So I, I fell in love with books. A lot of, you know, as we mentioned before we started recording the book mindset by Carol Dweck, I love that book and how she differentiates the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. So what happened was, was when I started to read all these books and, and, and learn from all these people, is that they started to, their ideas and how they thought, how these authors thought, started to sink into my subconscious mind. Um, and then now I'm starting to think like them and do things like them because that's kind of the pattern I, I've installed into my subconscious mind. So I learned it and now, you know, I'll think of something, a, a way to solve a problem or a way to, for example, differentiate growth mindset from fixed mindset. And it, it, it'll seem like I made it up, you know, but I didn't, obviously, this yep. was all things that I read in books and, you know, and, and that's kind of the point, you know, the way we talk and the way that our accents that we have and the words we use, these are all based off of where we grew up and who we learned from, right? These are kind of like our brains copy other people subconsciously. And then we convey things that are copied from other people. And the same is true with success and successful habits is that these are things that you pick up from other people. And then you start to own them, you own them. And then now you start to, you know, uh, you talk and, and walk in these ways because of the, the people you've learned from. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there's one thing that, if I could go back in time and tell my younger self, and that would be, don't stop learning. <laughs> like oh, there, was, yeah. <laughs> there was a period of many years there where I didn't read anything. And if there was just that one thing, like just continually learn would just be just the one thing. Um, so when you, when you found yourself someone to, to mentor you, Sari, how did you find them and, and how much influence did they have on you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of I'll, uh, answer that in reverse. So yep. it does have a huge, inf it had a huge influence on me and other people who went through mentoring and coaching. So definitely, and, and, and I even think it's a make it or break it kind of thing, meaning that without them, I probably wouldn't last as a self-employed uh, person. So uh, definitely a huge influence. And then how I found them was kind of different ways. So um, my first two bosses that I had were like my mentors. They were heavily invested in my success. So my boss was, my bosses were my mentors. And, and that is come, sometimes the case for some people, depending on, on where they work, what they do. Sometimes your boss could be or your manager, could be like your mentor. I think, I think every boss or every manager should have some sort of mentoring roles with their employees. It shouldn't just be, you know, do this, do that. It should be like you're, you've invested your time into helping this person grow. Um, as mentioned in, in the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, you know, um, that those are the best companies that invest in, in the growth of, of their employees. So, um, you know, you know, it all started with having good bosses. And then after that, um, while I was working at one of my companies um, as an employee, my boss then hired another um, coaching company, a third party coaching company. And then that third party coaching company was obviously coaching me every week on, it was more about sales and, and marketing techniques. And then that's when I started to not, not, not necessarily, I learned a lot from those, from those sessions, but I learned right there from the impact of, of how coaching works and how powerful it is. And then after I became self-employed, I got my own coach and then she started to help me and building my business. And then after that, I started to kind of hire just different coaches in different areas. So one coach that was really good on um, uh, time management, another coach that was really good on my specific industry, financial services. And then I now have a mentor now. And I guess the difference between a mentor and a coach is 
a mentor is more invested in you individually and yep. in your, it's not really in your personal life, but they're all, they're also, they're, they're involved in your personal life. They understand who you are, your family, and they are in it for the long run. Whereas a coach is more so uh, it could be short term. It could be long-term or short-term. Um, now I have a mentor, somebody I talk to every week um, who helps me with podcasting, who helps me with uh, finding clients, retaining clients, product knowledge, kind of building the business up and, and, and keeping it moving. So I guess it happened both with, I went out and found these coaches and mentors, and they also found me just through networking, especially when you're networking within the same industry. Like a lot of real estate brokers and real estate agents have mentors because they went to networking events, for example, and they met other people who were kind of ahead of them. And they, and sometimes you ask them to mentor you. Sometimes they ask you to mentor you. And it's a business relationship usually, meaning that there's a benefit on both parties for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have people ask me, they say, what does mentorship mean to you? And my example is, well, if you're going to walk through a minefield, would you walk first or second? And I said, that's, that's what a mentor does is he walks mm -hmm. through it first. And then all you have to do is follow his footsteps. If you don't have a mentor, then there's a really good chance you're going to explode yourself at some time, you know, and potentially even hurt others when you do that. So um, during your course of your six years now of developing your, your business, Sari, What's, what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Um, definitely, um, in the beginning, it was the financial burden, the financial problems of not having consistent income coming in. That was the biggest problem. Is, and right. then also the psychology behind that of, of not having, you know, that guaranteed biweekly to every, every two weeks income coming in. That was, I guess, the biggest challenge. And then you have to kind of, you have to get creative. You have to figure out different ways. Like for example, some people, when they start a business, they either, um, they, they typically have a combination of three ways. One is they saved up enough in reserves to pay themselves. So for example, they will estimate their, you know, any their monthly expenses, let's just say $5,000 a month. Uh, and then mm -hmm. they'll save up $60,000 in a separate account. And then every month when they start their business now, they just pay themselves $5,000 a month as if it's a salary. Yeah. And then by the time that reserve runs out, they would have established a client base and, and, and then be able to now fill that pot back up through business. So they've sustained it. And then another thing that people could do is they usually borrow um, a low interest. If they're smart, they borrow low interest um, uh, funding. So they'll borrow, for example, $60,000 or whatever, or $5,000 every month to pay for their expenses in the meantime until their business is launched. Um, or third, they'll have like some sort of other sources of income through like passive income from yeah. somewhere else or some sort of residual income, um, or they might have like a part-time job that pays really good. And then they can kind of, and, and use, use that to supplement their, their income in the meantime, until they launch a business, or it could be a combination of those three. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a, there technically could be a fourth one, another type of financing and that's equity financing where you get investors, they invest into your business. And then now you could use, obviously with the investors knowing you could use those, that, those funds yeah. to pay for your, yourself in the meantime. So I guess a combination of three or four different ways. Um, and then for me, it was mostly, uh, debt financing. So I borrowed and um, some cash reserves in the meantime, until the, the payments started coming in, the clients started coming in and then kind of using that to keep going. Right. So outside of that physical challenge, what do you think was the biggest mental challenge that you had to overcome with inside yourself? Yeah. Yeah. B biggest mental challenge is, you know, 
80% of the struggle is you believing in yourself. That's 80%. So 80% of it is you being in competition with yourself. And I guess that was the biggest struggle is you start to have these, you know, whispers in your ear where like, you know, you can't do it. You need to quit. You need to go back to getting a job. You need to, you know, do something else. This is not, this is taking forever. How are you supposed to do this for a really long time? So all these negative thoughts keep whispering in your ear. And then you have to kind of overcome those. You need systems in place to kind of, to fight these uh, negative thoughts and you need to empower your positive thoughts. So you do have positive thoughts in you. You just need to have those voices be louder um, and, and, and act upon those and not act upon the negative. So that's a struggle for a lot of people. Most people, I think from like a psychological standpoint, most people need a boss. They need a manager. They need a supervisor, especially in the work environment to, to help them because they get distracted. Um, and, and another thing too is, you know, you could, for example, I could say, um, hey, write a 10-page report um, due by next week on some sort of market analysis. And if you're self-employed, it could be super easy just to say, you know what, what's the big deal? But when you have a boss that says, hey, I need this done by next Friday, we're, gonna, we're actually going to have a call, a Zoom meeting next Friday, and we're going to do a screen share, and we're going to review this 10-page. Then now everything in your life revolves around that report and the meeting with your manager, meaning everything you do for the yeah. next seven days or 10 days is going to revolve around that one meeting. And, and most people fall into that category. Most people will, re will revolve their entire lives around other people. And, and, and what they're required to do, especially for their work or for school or for their degrees or whatever it is. Um, and I guess that you need to kind of, you need to be reportable to yourself. You need to report to yourself and be able to put a task on paper, you know, and then say, it's going to be done because I have to get it done. So that's a struggle. That was my struggle. And that, that, that's definitely a struggle I see with a lot of entrepreneurs. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it all comes down to the di discipline and perseverance. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's so good, Sari. Look, um, do you want to um, share you know, a bit about what you do to, so people become aware about exactly what you do? And so if anyone wants to reach out to you, they've got a bit more of an understanding? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what I do is I help a lot of business owners uncover financial problems. Um, I do it more from a coaching perspective and not so much of a, you know, do this, do that, you know, perspective. It's more of a coaching perspective uh, and a coaching standpoint. That's what I do. I work with a lot of business owners in the U.S. and sometimes in Canada. It depends on there's some licensing restrictions. Um, and I also give away a lot of free content. Like I just wrote a book called Thinking Like a Bank. If you reach out to us, I'll send you a free copy of that book. I'll also, there's another book I recommend. It's called Becoming Your Own Banker, a book that talks about, um, reaching financial success. So obviously these are two things that are consistent with what the company does. And I'll send you two copies of these books for free. If you go to finassetprotection.com, it's F-I-N assetprotection.com. And then you can even schedule an appointment there for free. Um, you can schedule a Zoom meeting or a phone call. And, um, and then, or you could just reach the, if you don't want to talk yet, if you're not ready to talk yet, you could just request the free books. I'll send them to you via email. Um, and then you could reach out to me once you're ready. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Sari. So just to get that, that's fin, F-I-N, asset, A-S-S-E-T, mm -hmm. dot com. Cool. Uh, Finassetprotection.com. Protection.com. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks for that. Um, where do you see yourself, you know, where you are now? So you're six years into what you do from a business perspective. What do you yeah. see the future for yourself? What um, dreams or goals does Sari see that he's left to achieve in his life? Yeah, definitely. One of my goals, I don't know when I'm going to do this, but one of my goals is to start um, a national not-for-profit organization that gives out 100% free financial advice, financial coaching 
um, and, and kind of financial consulting for people in all 50 states in the United States. Uh, for example, if somebody is um, wants to, is going through some sort of bankruptcy or some sort of financial, financial struggle, or they want to buy a house, or they're still a student looking to fund their college or whatever the case is, um, to have a national call center for free that people can reach out to or online or over Zoom or over the phone. And we can give them, we can guide them for free um, through, you know, different financial strategies and tips without any sales or, and then even have some volunteers working. Um, and then all our funding would come from donations as a not-for-profit organization. That's a, my ultimate dream. That's obviously going to require a lot of capital, a lot of time, a lot of project management. I, I don't know anything about starting a not-for-profit organization, but I, I'd like to do that in the future. Yeah. That'd be so, that'd be so cool because, you know, I just look at what most people do and, and, and myself, when you go through school, you learn great skills about, you know, math or when I go to university, you learn great skills about engineering, but mm -hmm. no one teaches you financial literacy at all. Like no one teaches you about finance. Mm -hmm. It's just something you, you, you founder in or, or, or figure out once you, you know, get a desire to, to move ahead. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I guess just to draw things to a close, what's, um, what would you like to, to, to finish sharing on, Sarah? Just what, what's something that pops to the top of your head that you feel like that you'd really like to share um, to a group of listeners today? Yeah, yeah. From, you know, I know we talked a lot about entrepreneurship and mindset and, and how you need to believe in yourself. And I think that also when you connect that with fi financial planning and financial issues that people have, I think they go hand in hand, meaning that people who are really good at controlling their minds and their mindset and have growth mindsets tend to make more money and have more money, not necessarily because just because of the, the simple fact that they have more money or they make more money, but it's the mindset first before the income or before the wealth is, is having the mindset first. And you can, and obviously you need to work on the mindset first before you get to the money or before you want the money. So definitely if, if being financially free, financially successful is on the top of your list to, to do is, you know, work on your mindset and kind of think about, things that are much bigger than you are. Think about, you know, that's why we need them show our show thinking like a bank, you know, yeah. imagine a bank and what the, the, the strategies and the ideas that they're going to think about, about how to market, how to bring in new customers, how do they invest their money? What are they doing? How do they save on taxes? All these things. So think like a bank, you know, think larger, think like a large corporation. Even if you're a small business owner, just one employee, think like a large business, think like a large corporation, because you tend to attract in this life what you think about. So that's one I kind of to finish off on is you get what you think about. Cool. So on that, then, if someone's listening here and they go, okay, what, what would you suggest the, that's a step that I could take from today? What would you mm -hmm. suggest someone as a, as, a, as a step that they could do today to, to move them slightly in the right direction? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think from a very, very basic standpoint, step number one, get familiar with um, the ideas of, of financial becoming your own banker or somebody that you can rely on yourself for banking. Um, and there's a, the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. I'll send you that for free. There's another book, The, the Bank on Yourself Revolution. I'll send you that one for free as well, if you'd like. Um, or even the book that I wrote, Thinking Like a Bank, I'll send you that one for free. So take advantage of you know, free content, the step one. Uh, and then step two, make it a habit to at least start communicating with advisors and, and consultants and coaches who specialize in, in, in helping people become financially free. That'll take you a huge uh, leap to even again for free, just free consultations, free meet and greets over Zoom. You know, um, just just getting the ha hang of engaging with coaches and, and mentors. Um, and then number three after that, it's 
kind of look at your financial situation, like really take a deep dive into it where you're at currently right now. Um, and you could just do this again with just like, you know, just a regular notebook and then write out where you're at right now financially. Um, and then kind of project out five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, where you want to get to. Um, and then what it'll take to get there. And again, a coach or mentor can help you with this. We can actually help you with these financial goals. So, you know, those are the steps. Um, and then we can help you with all these steps if you reach out to us at finassetsprotection.com. Cool. Thank you very much, Sari. Very much appreciated your time today. And it's been yeah, very insightful listening to you and, uh, and having you today sharing. Thank you so much, Stephen. I really enjoyed our questions and our conversation. I look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Cool. Awesome, Sari.